This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. We are yet in the spiritual maturity series, feasting upon the manna God has placed in our midst for the fact that we need the enduring, staying power of God's Spirit. The scripture uh, is written in the NIV. I'm going to read to your hearing. Thank God for all of you working in the kingdom of God with me. Amen. Uh, as you read this, think about the purpose the Holy Ghost has instructed that though this is a message, there is a message in the message for each and every one of us personally. He does not want us to uh, tend to business as usual, but he wants to do a new thing in our midst. God wants us to come with faith in our hearts. And when we come with faith in our hearts, he will have worked a work in us before the Sunday morning worship event happens. And we will have been enacted by the Holy Ghost to do and say and be who we are supposed to be. And God will touch someone along the way. Thank God. And another thing the Holy Ghost needs us to do is to pray in a warfare prayer for souls. People get invited, but the devil snatches the invite out of their spirit. And then he gives them excuses, my God. Or he gives them negligence. He gives them a satisfied feeling apart from the need to come before the presence of the Lord. God will give purpose. He will give seeds for us. We have to grab them and make good of them. Uh, but the devil will bring busyness. He will make uh, a bad soil happen. One in four will come. One in four will hear. One in four will sprout and be fruitful. What are we doing for that one in four? God needs us to amen. Now revamp our living because the Holy Ghost came that we will be a what? Light in darkness. Amen. Let's let the light shine. It's an evangelistic light. It helps folks to come on into the presence. Amen. We have to live a life that helps folk want to come in. There must be a better way. I want to see what that better way is. Listen to the scripture as the Holy Ghost will let you listen with that purpose. It says here, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. And this is more than just coming to church on Sunday and paying an offering, you know, and coming dressed, you know, for the service, knowing how to say amen on cue and such and such. God needs more. Amen. Thank God. It says here, yes, good work has to be done, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you might have great endurance and patience. Don't forget patience means to stay put in God. And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance 
of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption and forgiveness of sins. They describe the Son and his name is Jesus. Amen. Let us continue to think about this, that we cannot allow the spirit of this world, this, the spirit of this age, to influence the theology of Christ's church. So many souls today have anchored their hopes on the finite hopes of culture in this life on earth, as opposed to the infinite hope of glory, who is Jesus. God expects us to be kingdom-minded, not worldly-minded, the kingdom of heaven, kingdom-minded, possessing a biblical worldview about hope. And that hope should be a personification. His name is Jesus. He's going to help us realize that we need the enduring, staying power of God's Spirit. Remember, Paul was speaking to the church at Colossae, and that there were main life lessons for them, and it speaks to us today. We are expected to do four main things. One, please God in everything we do. That's based on Colossians 1 verse 10. Two, know God personally because of Jesus' sacrifice. That's based on Colossians 1 verses 21 and 22. Three, Depend on Jesus' sacrifice to save us. That's based on Colossians 2, 8, and 4. Live differently than non-Christians. Based on Colossians 3, verses 1 through 17. Thank God. Duh. We were looking at the fact that God does not want us to look the part and not be the part. There will be no fake flowers in the wedding feast. Don't forget that. Hypocrites will not be able to stand. You could be a plastic flower all day, but you don't have the roots to prove that you're going to be fruitful unto God. Thank you, Jesus. Now, we ended there last time, and here's a new question from the Holy Ghost. What can keep you from his eternal hope and glory? God's eternal hope and glory. The eternal hope and glory is Jesus. What can keep you from him? You know that earthly situations can convince you to feel satisfied without Jesus. You know the devil has substitutes. You know the devil counters souls. Jesus is sowing and, and uh, uh, God commissioned him to sow certain seeds. And Jesus himself became the seed, the first fruits for all of us to be enabled by the Spirit to live a holy life, to rise from uh, the evil dust of death and to be fruitful unto God to have a victorious Christian life against death and hell amen Jesus was the first fruit of that and we're supposed to follow him we should decide to what follow Jesus pick up your cross follow him uh, a lot of people can wear a cross but not everybody can bear a cross my God, uh, yeah, a lot of people go into the store and buying crosses and wearing them. You can wear one, but can you bear one? My God. 
You have to pick up your cross and follow him. It's a life that is also given in a metaphor, uh, a bitter cup. Can you drink that bitter cup? It's a life conducive of holiness unto God. It goes against the tide of evil. We're born and shaped in iniquity and in sin that our mothers conceive us. But God comes to transform us by the renewing of our mind. We're dirty, so the Holy Word of God has to wash us. Amen. And we're cleansed by the blood and by the Word of God. Amen. Amen. He comes to make us new. New in our thinking. New in our being. New in our purpose. Thank God. New. Brand new. So, what can keep you from that newness? Earthly situations can convince you to be a slave, separating you from the Creator's eternal intentions of true worship in Christ by way of His gracious RSVP for your soul. You know, Jesus has a rendezvous play for your soul. He wants all to come in. He's inviting us to the wedding feast. And you can come as you are, but you're not going to stay as you are. Matter of fact, at the threshold of the door. Amen. Come before his presence with singing. But I was glad, yes, when they said go to the house of the Lord. But there's a threshold there at the house of the Lord. You have to have gratefulness unto God. Be grateful. There's humility in that gratefulness. You realize that you didn't make yourself. He made you. So he has to do things to you. If you are not properly aligned according to his creatorial will for your life, you have to make some changes. And he's going to say that cloth that's on you, that life that's on you, it's not conducive unto holiness. You cannot enter like that. Uh, I'm going to change you. Enter in, go over the threshold. But here's a new garment, a spotless garment. Wash with the blood of the lamb. Thank God. Detergent on the earth can't clean it like that. What can wash away my sin? What? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me what? Whole again. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is. Amen. That flow that makes me what? White as snow. No other fountain. I know nothing but the blood of Jesus. He comes to do new things. You're not going to stay as you are. Mm -hmm. If you accommodate rebellious ideals, cradling and caring for them as though they were as precious as a, a beautiful newborn baby, <laughs> you have chosen the idolatrous way that opposes Christ as Lord. Instead of the experience of Aaron's rod, sprouting in the Holy of Holies as noted in Hebrews 9 4 and also of course Numbers 17 10 a root of bitterness may have taken root in your spirit with the purpose of making you look the part but lack the substance God is not amen gonna water plastic flowers amen if such a root is allowed to develop Anyone attempting to touch us or anyone that we touch could become infected by such a deadly disposition. This is why we have so many fall churches. Amen. They're fake. They are not the real church. They are a pretentious replica of sorts. And people are, amen, being given titles in those places. 
people are laying hands suddenly on, on them and uh, not requiring that they have a tenure of observation and such and prayer and teaching and such and bringing them up in the most holy faith, helping them to uh, increase in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and the establishment of those in hierarchical status that God has placed certain leaders, the very elect, amen. He trusts certain folk to bring folk in, bring them in from the fields of sin, amen. And there's certain things that have to be done to those sheaves. They have to be cleansed, amen. And when you take wheat, you have to, amen, winnow it, amen, and beat the wheat out of it, amen. And there has to be a process of sanctification. That's what that is showing you. That you come as you are, but you're what? Not going to stay as you are. Preach this message, Holy Ghost. Thank God. So if such a root is allowed to develop, and anyone attempting to touch us, or anyone that we touch, could become infected by such a deadly disposition. Yes, there are some people hanging a sign that says church, but it's a dead place. It's a dead end. My God. I don't care if you got uh, venues going on, investments in the whole nine, and got all that media showing forth. My God, God is going to say, depart from me. I know you not. Hallelujah. God did not instruct certain things, but people are doing it. My God. God did not promote certain things, but people are doing it. My God. One does not uh, have a plan to become a negative influence. You don't, you know, wake up one day, I just want to be a negative influence. But as time moves on, and um, the contempt of miseducation persists, the rebellious enemy of God, the devil, subtly convinces unsuspected unsuspecting victims that they have a right to live in rebellion and bitterness and miseducation. My God. Those who have accepted Jesus as Lord of their life uh, have been freed to become joint heirs with him as citizens of his heavenly kingdom. You know, to become a citizen, there has to be some teaching. Uh, one of Jesus' name is to be rabbi. Amen. And you sit at the what? Feet of the rabbi. That's a humble position so you could come, sit, and learn. And when you sit long enough, he will enable you by his spirit to take a stand. Then if you are enabled after the learning to take a stand, he will enable you to walk a certain lifestyle. People get it all wrong. They try to teach folk how to walk a certain way. And they take a stand based on the covering of men who have been miseducated just like they have been. Be leery and weary of these so-called folk out here pushing and pounding the payment and pushing their program to be a cover. You better take cover from some of these coverings that are out there. Matter of fact, get in the Lord's house and stay there. He's the shelter in this storm of confusion that's out there right now. Yeah. Hallelujah. Anyhow, Jesus made me bishop of this here vision. Amen. But folks are coming to me and asking me, who's your bishop? Jesus is the great bishop. He's the great bishop of my soul. The chief shepherd and bishop of my soul. 
Thank God. Do you know my bishop? You might not know my bishop. Hallelujah. Anyhow. Hey, glory to God. Oh, I feel his authoritative will all up in me right here and right now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And those who I preach to time and time again, hard as I preach according to the Holy Ghost standard, they keep coming back. When the dust clears, they're still there. My God, they must be saved. Hallelujah, anyhow. <laughs> the problem in this life is that physical feelings seem more real than what eternity has to offer. So people are coming in with their feelings. Yes, nothing more than feelings. Whoa, 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 feelings. But don't be, don't be deceived by Satan because he likes fooling folks with feelings. Feelings are up and down. They are carousel of folly and they will make you feel high one minute, down the next, and the devil's there to pick you up. It's all right, baby. I'm going to pick you up and turn you around and place your feet on my solid ground. The devil got a little hymn book and a little Bible. My God. But it's not the Lord's holy Bible. It's not the Lord's holy hymn book. Ah, uh, you could sing under the devil a new song, but it's still going to be old. Amen? You could put all kind of frosting on the cake. But the contents thereof is still worse than the dunghill. My God, the devil gets you used to this taste. My God, it's a little funkiness in there, but he lets you go on ahead and it seems palatable. And we go on ahead and ingest it. My God. And some folk don't mind the wormy manner. They just go on ahead and make sandwiches with it. Hallelujah anyhow. But God has commissioned us that we get what? A daily dose from God. A fresh bread. Amen. We got to depend on God. Amen. That's what it is. We depend on God. Not our own feelings and to make our own traditions to make folk happy. I'm not here to have a contest on how, how I can make you happier than I did last week. No way. Can't live that kind of life as a preacher. God said, I, I, I'm not, amen, somebody that's, that's like a CEO. Uh, I, I, I'm not a businessman. I'm not a social guru. My God, I'm called. I'm a shepherd. My God. And shepherds have love. They know the sheep. They try to get to know the sheep. But some sheep like to dance around you, my God. In a hula hoop of craziness and try to aim and ooze right on by you and slip right on by you. They don't want to be taught. They don't want to sit long enough. They don't want to take root and they aim in and develop holy fruit. They want to do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it. Whatever the innate sinful soul instructs for them to do. And it has been commissioned by the demonic trinity. Your own sinful self, the world, and Satan. They all make a concoction that keeps you from the will of God. And if you are cozy with that, you're, gonna, you're not going to be cozy with God. You can't drink from God's holy cup and from the cup of demons. No, there's only one life to live. My God, those soap operas had it right. My God, and all of us should be God's children. Thank God, thank God. But you got to accept Jesus. As more than a little fairy tale Sunday school looking uh, uh, half fiction kind of Jesus. 
Jesus don't get in the life of folks, so he becomes fiction when they become a teenager, and the world seems more real, so they leave the church. They say, well, the world has better for me. What has Jesus done? Did Jesus write me a check? No, the world wrote me a big old fat check. So they go on out there to Satan. They think that's where it is at. These finite gifts, these devil blessings, if you will. The devil has a commission to bless folk. He is the commissioner, the ruler of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. Men have given him that crown, and they are always kneeling and bowing down to him. But Jesus is the real king of glory. My redeemer, my savior, my creator forever. I, I bow my head to him. I bend my knee to him. I lay before him. Yes. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the king of my life. He may be king, but is he king of your life? Right. He may be Lord, but is he Lord of your life? Thank God he's a savior, but did he save you? You got to allow him to save you. You got to allow him to be Lord. You got to allow him to be redeemer. He's a gentleman. He's asking you to come of your free will. Make up your mind when he taps you on the shoulder, clears the air of your mind enough for you to see him. And the day you want hear his voice, which involves you seeing him as he is, you got to come right then and right then. Because what the devil's going to do, he's going to make me put clouds there. Deceitfulness and make you satisfied with right where you are. That's when folk give you an excuse. Oh, you still coming? Oh, what had happened was, nah, this and that, oh, the other thing. My God, it become uh, uh, gurus of excuses. They went to college with the devil. They, they, they took excuse 101 and 102, and now they're ready to... Uh, uh, come at you now with an excuse and the devil will fill their heart and their ear with the wrong thing this is why we have to have a spiritual warfare for the salvation of souls out there we're not fighting hard enough we just come fight hard enough to get out of bed because we've been watching tv half the night we didn't meditate on scripture and we crawl in the church kind of kind of on time uh, just another day that my soul has kept me we need to do better. We need to regroup and let the Holy Ghost come in and teach us all over again. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a Bible. Amen. Hallelujah. And we need to consecrate ourselves with uh, the word of the author who is alive of that word. Thank God and let him come and do some new things. Meditate on it until he changes you. Thank God. Then the world will see there's a better way. They're not seeing it because we're not showing it. We need to show it better. The devil got light, but we need to shine brighter than his light. The enemy is as an angel of light. He masquerades as such, as an angel of light. So he has some light, hence his old name, Lucifer. That's a light source. So he has some light. Don't think the... The people in the world, uh, 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 you know, are not satisfied. They are satisfied in that. And they have a good testimony. They are shouting happy, my God, for a time. And Christians act like, you know, that old life when they come to Christ. Oh, they testify good about that. Oh, I used to do this. I used to do that. No, 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 I'm saved. 
Wow, it, it seemed like the testimony went down. <laughs> Thank God. That means we're not really living according to the living Jesus. We got some kind of tradition in our heart that we heard uh, ancestors tell us, and they didn't really have the full life, and then they uh, give that to us. This is what we inherit, some kind of folly, some kind of false teaching, some kind of half teaching, some kind of half-baked Christian life, and we, we eat that, even though it tastes somewhat palatable, it's not really conducive with the necessary eternal nutrients from glory. And then we don't get the life we should have in the real Jesus that we should have met years ago. Amen. And we're still just, you know, trudging through the guppy, muddy waters instead of stretching out into the deep where Jesus is. My God. Yes, there's a storm out there, but Jesus calms the storm. Folk, look out there. I don't want to launch into the deep. It's too stormy out there. My goodness. But don't you know, Jesus is asleep on a ship. It must be going to be all right. Amen? Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. If Jesus is on a stormy sea in a ship and he's sleeping, I'm going to go to sleep with him. Move over, Lord. Don't take all the covers. I got that. Amen. Thank God. It's going to be all right. You don't have to worry when you are in Jesus. That's the real kingdom. That's where our affections should be tuned up because that's your real home. This earth is not our home. My God, only for a little bit, but heaven's the real eternal home. Thank God, even though we're on this earth, the apostle Paul was inspired to encourage us in Colossians 3, 2 through 4. Set your affections where? On things above, not on this earth. We're just like the, the folk not in Christ. We're worrying about the things of the earth too much. We need some stuff on the earth. You got to get a car to go to work, blah, blah, blah. And it's on this earth. Thank God. But my affections and my soul and the center of my soul shouldn't be hooked, you know, hook, line, and sinker on that stuff. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. So your old self is gone. Thank God. I read a testimony on a track. A Christian man had a little grave in the back. People were like, you're the only one on this block with a little grave back there. And, and what, what's, what name is on that? Hey, wait a minute. You're alive. Why is your name on there? He said, yeah, that's my old self. I'm saved now. My old self is buried in the back. Amen. I live for Jesus now. Amen. <laughs> that's what this scripture is saying. You are dead and your life is hid with Christ. Where? In God. <clears throat> when Christ, who is our life, he's supposed to be, this scripture is assuming that he is your life. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. We're going to change in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Amen? Mm -hmm. Thank God. Our body is supposed to be a temple of who? The Holy Spirit. My God. Not a tomb of the flesh. Think about it. We got to be dead to that stuff. We, we can't be alive in Jesus. Hot moment in the event of worship. And as soon as we say amen, the devil has already made plans and seeds in your mind before amen. And then we go on out and propagate those things. We're supposed to be spiritually dead to sin. The devil's going to keep presenting things. He has evangelism too. He's trying to get you back. Thank God. Stuff I used to Dilly dally around with as a teenager, the, 
devil keep dangling them right before my eyes. I said, the Holy Ghost has made me dead to that. I'm not going to go into that. No. Mm -hmm. We are aware of what we used to be into. This is the power of God working in us. We can look at it uh, where we used to be and think about where we used to be, but we don't go backwards to it. Thank God. We're supposed to be cut off from the purposes of sin. And our life is supposed to be hid with whom? Christ. Yeah. But where? In God. Amen. Mm -hmm. Jesus always points us to God. The Holy Ghost points us to Jesus. Jesus points us to God. See that? Mm -hmm. Thank God. And one little, one theologian had a little son. And uh, the son was like, well, it seemed like the Holy Ghost is by himself. He's helping Jesus. I'm helping us see Jesus. You know, who help us see the Holy Ghost, you know? So he has some theological questions. Amen. <laughs> God has to touch you. Amen. Makes you realize that the Holy Ghost is available for you. It's an eternal circle. Amen. Thank God. <laughs> so the Father helps you know about the Holy Ghost. Thank God. Thank God. See, we're, we're not supposed to be uh, confused about these things. When we get out there to the world, we barely know how to shine. And uh, we don't know how to propagate the holy things of God. We're supposed to be dead to sin, not spiritually dead. Amen. Mm -hmm. We need to let the master builder work on us. Who is that supposed to be? Supposed to be Jesus. We need to stop intruding on the job that belongs to Jesus. We become the master builder. It's not our exclusive job to build ourselves using our own ambitious resources. When we build ourselves up around the holy place in us, it is no longer Christ that shines, but our own initiatives, driven by what? The flesh, instructed by Satan. When the flesh takes over, perverting what is supposed to be God's glorification process, very elaborate projects are performed that are really a waste of time because they are not eternal and, and cannot save us. We cannot experience the glorification that comes as a result of the workings of the risen Lord through the power of the Holy Ghost in us uh, until we are in fellowship of his sufferings. People like the glorious part of church, but they don't want to hear about the sufferings. No. Oh, that's suffering stuff. No, they don't even sing that song. I learned to live holy. You know, if I suffer, I'll gain what? Eternal life. They don't want to hear about that. They sing all kind of other songs, all kind of uh, pronoun songs that could go either way. Where you could pick them up and put them down and sway your hips while you're doing it. Amen. It used to be just pick them up and put them down. Now pick them up, put them down, sway your hips and turn around. My God. But uh, the devil has got in the mix. That's why. And we have uh, people that are being promoted in these places of worship. The praise leader on Sunday is boogalooing on Saturday night. We got to stop this. We got to know of whose we are. The deeds of the flesh have to be mortified. The deeds of the flesh have to be what? Mortified. But what have we done? We've glorified them. My God. Those things have to be mortified so that the life of Christ may be preeminent. That's why Christ is not preeminent, and that's why we are not shining for him. If the deeds of the flesh are not mortified, the flesh will eventually accomplish the building of a great 
shrine of death. And here's where I need to mention some historic tombs that men have built, which exemplify this trend. Out in the Eastern Hemisphere, there's a such thing as the Ming Dynasty tombs of China. The Ming Dynasty lasted from 1368 to 1644. The Ming tombs are part of a huge necropolis. You heard of a metropolis? But they built a necropolis. And what is that? A group of mausoleums. My God. A, a, a city of dead things. You want to go on a vacation to a necropolis? My God. And you have a window view of a whole lot of tombs. <laughs> a group of mausoleums of 13 Ming emperors, their empresses, you know, their women, and their concubines, their main women, and their girlfriends on the side, all buried in there. The tombs are scattered across an area of 65 square kilometers, that's 25 square miles. That's a big, big, big place. It's like a big park, but it's all given over to dead things. There's another one out there in the Eastern Hemisphere, the Taj Mahal. You may have heard of that one. It's the centerpiece of a 42-acre garden campus. It's in India, and it's really big. Uh, 42 acres, imagine that. And in the middle of that, this palatial place, which is only a large mausoleum. He must have really loved that woman. The leader built that for his, his woman. Isn't that something? She must have been real fine, and he must have really loved her. My God. That's a big old place. But it's all about what? Dead things. You know, some churches look like big palaces, but inside a whole lot of dead things. My God, they don't serve the one and true living God. They're serving themselves. And they have created financial processes to pyramid wealth right to their pocketbook. My God. They got pyramid pocketbooks. And all the money comes to them eventually. Christ was about what? Life. Even though he had to die for us, he did rise again. Thank God. Rebuilding the temple in how many days? Three. Talking about the temple of his body. We have a temple. How are we taking care of it? How are you faring with the amenities of God's temple? Does the Holy Ghost have good amenities? Is he pleased with his amenities? My God, are there cobwebs everywhere, even in his food? My God, what are we doing? The death of Christ is a major thing. But guess what? His resurrection was supposed to be more glorious, outshining it. But we like Jesus dead on the cross around our neck. I don't know about y'all, but I want to cross around my neck without Jesus being dead on it. Amen? Because right. he what? Rose again. I believe I heard Elder Gwen say that one time to somebody on Sunday school somewhere. She said, we don't need Christ dead on the cross. We need to show that he's alive. Amen? <laughs> Thank God. That, the, the, the risen Lord should outshine, amen, when he had to die for us. Making him the first fruit of a harvest of souls. 
I can hear Christ sneering in the face of death some 2,000 years ago as he arose, releasing the power of his grace, saying, uh, as noted in 1 Corinthians 15, 55, Oh, death, <laughs> where is your sting? Mm-hmm. You thought you had me. Uh, yeah, no. I had to add Lisa's thing in there. <laughs> yeah, no. Amen. Oh, grain, <laughs> Where, where's your victory? You thought you had me. <laughs> oh, God. How Jesus wants to release such power in each and every one of us. Some of us are scared to shine. Oh, I can't get in the mix of the world because the world might get on me. You know, some preachers don't even want to shake hands with the sheep they're leading because they said the sheep poop might get on them. I heard one preacher say this. Isn't that sick? But we're supposed to be shepherds. But he said, I guess the, the money don't have poop on it. I'll take the money. But he's not going to disciple and love them out of the hell that some of them are in. You got the amen. Jesus said, you make your bed in hell. I'm right there to help save you out of that mess. Jesus came to clean the poop off of me. He don't mind a little poop get on him. He's clean in me. And the blood of Jesus is going to cleanse him and me. Thank God he set me free. Thank God that he didn't act too nicey-nice, that he couldn't bend down and pick me up out of the mud hole and save me, put me on the golden foundation where he was. He said, as a matter of fact, I saved a spot for you. Right here at the right hand of the throne of God. I said, what, me? The throne of God? I can't go up there. You are my joint heir. Come on up here, boy. Isn't God good like that? Yes. Amen. Thank God for midweek prayer we had. Uh, Jesus is a what? Friend. Yes. Sticks closer yes. than a brother. Yes. Oh, he's my friend. I don't know about you. He's my confidant. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank God when all others stab me in the back. Jesus was there to heal me in my back. He's my rear guard. He said, I'm going to heal you. I'm going to pick you up. Yeah, in high school, you felt like the only one. He said, no, you're not alone. I'm with you. Walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You're the first one. I got to the altar and gave my life to Jesus. Then others started following. He said, see, I told you, you're the first one. Get on up there. Be the leader I made you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Leadership feels lonely, but you're not alone. No. Oh, hallelujah. I thank you, Lord. Hey, I got the friend. Hey, that could walk on water. The friend who could turn stone to bread if he wanted to. He'll give me something to eat. Hallelujah. Oh, that ugly little valley down there with all little rocks and, and sharp plants that cut you when you touch them. My God, he makes a beautiful flower grow there. Lily, soft and beautiful. He said, there's hope. You may be in a dead looking place, but there's hope. Look at the lily sprouting up. That's me, I'm hope. You got something to live for. You are not counted out. Amen. You're going to rise again. Realm of agape. Amen. Be encouraged. We're in a powwow with Jesus. We're regrouping and recouping. But God's got our back. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. 
People may try to copy my sermon, but you don't have this testimony. You got to go through a whole lot of stuff to get an anointing. It costs you something. I don't think you want to feel this. My God, it feels, my God, lonely sometimes. My God, you feel down and out and broke. My God, as folk ostracize you, you're not in the club of those hot knobs. My God. But Jesus said, I made you to have a seat at my table. As a matter of fact, I'm going to set the table. I'm going to be your waiter. I got you. Sit down. Take a seat. I'm going to prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. My rod and staff, they're going to comfort you because you allow me to be your teacher. You are teachable. And the shepherd has a rod. And he's going to mark me. The uh, shepherds, amen, in the Hebraic ancient world, they dipped that club-looking rod into some ink, and they labeled, tattooed their sheep, their sheep, so folk will know, oh, that's that man's sheep. Don't bother that. Amen. Thank God Jesus got a holy mark on us. You thought it was to beat us in the head. No. The club will beat the devil in the head, but he came to just mark me and nudge me on through so I could get to the other side and be directed accordingly. His staff is going to help me to see where he's going. It's high up there, and he could hook me out of a hard place and pick me up. Amen. Thank God. Hey, sheep know how to fall down, but they don't know how to get up. Jesus needs that, that staff to pick me up sometimes. Yeah. Hey, when I'm in a ravine, stuck somewhere, he can reach down and pick me, hook me back on up. Hey, God, I thank you. That's the friend I need. Jehovah Rohi, my shepherd, I thank you. Hey, and he lifts me up and he, amen, calls me his own. He knows my name. Oh, I thank God. And if he knows your name, he knows you. He won't say, depart from me, I what? No, you're not. He's going to say, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Well done, my good and what? Faithful servant. And even though it says servant, he treats me as a friend. I'm his servant, but he treats me what? As a friend. Amen. Thank God. Friends know intimate things. Servants do not. He's a what? Rewarder of them that what? Diligently seek him. The reward is the knowledge of the truth. Folks who don't, amen, forego the fleshly call, the fleshly fun. They're going to miss out on the intimacies of revelation that come from the holy word of God. And you forgot it's not just a black and white page. The holy word of God is Jesus. He said, I am the truth. Hey, the truth is the word. He said, I'm the living bread. Come before me and be fed. You will not want anymore. You will not have any lack in your life. That's what holiness is all about. God makes you whole. W-H-O-L-E. So many be in church for 20, 30, 40 years, maybe more, but sometimes not completely made whole. Why? There's misteachings, misunderstandings, stuff in the word hasn't been revealed. Some folk hadn't even read through the Bible for decades. Word commissioned to be discipled, to read through the Bible. 
But God said, amen, I'm going to make you a teacher. Folks don't hardly like teachers that much because you're going to make them read. You're going to pull them to read. You're going to pull them to study. Oh, but God says, study to show yourself approved unto God. Meditate on the word day and night. And if you look in the Hebrew, amen, meditate requires reading. Reading helps you to memorize. Memorize and help you to moderate and say it over. And reading and help you to know how to say it right. So you got to read the word of God. They don't want folk telling them to read the word. They know how to, amen, be instructed on how to name every piece of the vestments. Thank God. And how to make big meetings that gather a lot of folk, a lot of big venues. People are into vestments and venues. But not the victory that only belongs to you and Jesus Christ. Never mind investments and venues. I know about that stuff. I need some of that. But I'm more concerned about my victory in Jesus. My Savior forever. He loved me and taught me. Hey, he redeemed me with his blood. Hey, God. Hey, God. I thank you. Hey, I bless your name. I give your name the glory. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I want God to continue to be my architect and my builder. Thank God it's not about living for money and fame and pleasure. The object of our life is to be love and worship and to serve Jesus as Lord. Paul wanted his life to be like the life of Christ. We should want our life to be like the life of Christ. He tried to teach the church at Colossae this and the church at Galatia. He wanted the Savior to live out his life through him, see, Christ lived in Paul on earth, according to Galatians 2.20. He tried to testify that to the church of Galatia. And is yet the source and sustainer of Paul's spiritual life in heaven as he was on earth, in Colossians 3.4. Paul is in vital union with Christ and lives in devotion to Christ. Only friends know about devotion. See that? That's a friendship word. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's a friendship relationship word. I'm devoted to you. You know, David was devoted to Jonathan. My God. And he gave a sign. Jonathan gave a sign that danger, amen, was coming. And then he shot the arrows up and David was able to run for cover. They had a secret code. Isn't that great? God will reveal his secrets to you as you are his friend but you got to diligently seek him stay in worship continue in prayer unceasing amen and, and depend on the power of the Holy Spirit and he's going to enable you to have what the enduring staying power that God wants us to have amen we got to be successful in serving the one and true living God we cannot allow postmodern doctrines to influence the holy way of his church if we choose to anchor our hearts in the faulty, ever-changing hopes of the secular, humanistic worldview. Then we have chosen to forfeit the Lord's eternal hope and glory. God is calling all souls to choose freedom from the dead end of sin. To be transformed unto life eternal in him. We need the what? The enduring, staying power 
of God's Spirit. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you. Thank you.